Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Lucky, that's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. What do you got for me? Talk to us like an adult. But I'm not going to answer the question until you ask it correctly. Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast to end all podcasts. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm a pastor at King's Cross in Kirkland, Washington. And I'm Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And Daniel, my friend mm-hmm. welcome to oh, welcome <laughs> i got distracted uh happy <laughs> happy uh national thermal engineer day uh are those the engineers that design like thermoses i have no clue they work for stanley but and there's also national drive through day or national uh, tequila day either of those is better than the previous <laughs> Uh, yeah. But anyway, it's a day. How are you doing, my man? Good. I am uh, getting ready to go for a backpacking trip with some dudes. Some dudes. Dudes. We're going to go out and do dude stuff. I am not on this backpacking trip. Not because I'm not a dude, but you're just not a backpacky kind of dude. Backpacking is dumb. That's not true. It's not dumb. It's up just there with like not not something that I would do for fun. Backpacking. You wouldn't voluntarily. I say, wouldn't. You know what? Here's the thing. Backpacking is what you do when the like when COVID turns people into zombies. The apocalypse hits, and then you need to like you know get into the safe zone, which is probably going to be in Canada somewhere. Then I'll That's do backpacking. True. But backpacking for fun, I I don't I don't see the appeal. So some people say that backpacking is spending lots of money to live like you're homeless. Would you agree with that? That is a fantastic description of what backpacking is. Yeah, people are dumb. I don't, I don't see the appeal of trekking through the woods in the same pair of clothes, not showering and eating like horrible food and then get to your destination to be there for like 10 minutes and then turn around and do it all again. I don't understand why someone would do that and be like, you know what? That was the best time of my life. It makes no sense. Well, if you, if, if bathing is an issue, there are 
Alpine Lakes. Oh yeah, yeah that 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 really. Did you? Did you, know I show those, you? you know those real clean Alpine lakes, <laughs> they, dude. They're crystal clear. It's probably true. That's actually probably true. Um, did yeah, I show I just, you a, a picture of that last lake I went swimming in? It had ice on it, dude. Dude, I know you sent me a picture of you taking a bath in a lake. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was had ice <laughs> but it there was, was ice on it dude it was so refreshing okay and an- answer me this answer me All this right. question real talk here real talk how much and i want like like i want a percentage and i want real talk like i am having you put your hand on the bible here swear by our listeners <laughs> Oh, swear to <laughs> swear, me swear by our patrons oh dear <laughs> how much of this is lit is legitimately you thinking oh this is an awesome fantastic time and how much of this is you like no this is what manly men do therefore i enjoy this because i want to be seen as a manly man what's the percentage 100 percent, i enjoy it no way no yes 100 enjoy 100 percent no, I do not believe this. I don't believe that there's anybody who 100% by our patrons. I do not believe there is anyone who 100% likes backpacking. Here, here, here's the thing. Let me let me liken it to another one. Okay. All right. What percentage of you likes to eat those cheddar jalapeno bratwursts because you liked it or because you think it's a manly thing to do? Well, I know it's not a manly thing to do because every time I eat it, you make fun of me for not being a man. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. there's not you that. You say 100%. You but say 100%. But, but here's the thing is there's a part of that that is not enjoyable, though. The backpacking? No, eating what? those bratwurst. <laughs> what part of it's not enjoyable? It's spicy. And then the aftermath isn't awesome. Like, I mean, you, you, you feel those brats the, for a few the days. The hot trots? Let's just, oh, my goodness. Uh, dude. I, gen- I genuinely, as odd as it may sound, I enjoy every aspect of backpacking. The grind, the sweat, the heat. Ugh, dirt. I don't understand. I, I like being uncomfortable. Like, you know what? You have trained yourself to like this. You didn't start out like nobody starts out thinking I am the most uncomfortable I have ever been right now. This is so much fun. That is not a natural that, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say you're right. Yeah, that, like, like that's not natural. You have to grow to appreciate mm-hmm. feeling awful. Yeah, I'd admit that. <laughs> okay, so like, where you, where you're, you're so tired, like, you feel like, like you're you, gonna throw up. That's good. It's like you like, like learning to love the torture. You're just like, yeah, you know, the pain is good. Lean <laughs> into it. Lean into it. All right. Well, I say so we lean of, into lean into our app here. Speaking of torture, we were texting earlier. Yeah. <laughs> It was a terrible segue, but wait, I was um, going to say, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> your texts are torturous. Yeah, okay. Uh, you totally distracted me. I was at the store, and you were texting me, and I totally forgot to get the one thing my wife asked me to get. She's like, "What happened?" I was like, "I was texting Josh, not paying attention." Oh, so um, now, so now your wife is mad at me. Th- no, th- that's all just, I need. No, she just knows me. Um, old John MacArthur, J Mac, J Mun. Dude, so uh, John MacArthur has uh, has been the uh, the topic of a few conversations on our podcast. So how did you hear about the article? So I You're on the interwebs, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm on Facebook, and it apparently it's catching like wildfire. But I saw it particularly from a friend of mine named Mr. Marshall. We'll just leave it there. 
uh, posted it uh, on, posted it on Facebook. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. Another, you know, John MacArthur making headlines again, which recently he's kind of been doing. So I just, sure. I almost glanced by it, but old J Mac, uh, changing the tone up a little bit yeah. from his previous, um, what do you say? Previous public escapades. <laughs> Yeah, so to those who, who didn't see the article, uh, Grace Community Church just released it this morning, I think, saying basically, what's the name What's the name of it? Christ is king, not Caesar, or something like that? Yeah, 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 I think so. Or Christ, not Caesar, is king. It's, it's basically, basically their publication that they are going to, to some degree, I don't, I don't know what their plan is moving forward, but they're going to disregard Governor Newsom's uh, indefinite suspension of church services sounds like yeah and uh, they're basically telling him to take a hike which is a very different thing than they said last time they've they've early on in the covid stuff they said that the the tune that they were kind of putting out there was you know hey Romans 13 yeah and, Submit to and, governing authorities. and he got a lot of heat for that he did he got a lot of heat from the uh what do you say? The abolitionists. <laughs> people like you, Daniel. The people, you know what? The he got a lot of, of hate. He got a lot of hate from people that like backpacking. That's what. That's where the hate came from. So he said, Governor Newsom's a uh, ruler, and there was a big argument as to whether or not we're ruled by laws or people. He sided with people, which was an odd way to come out on that one. Mm. Anyway, and then when President Trump came out with the statement churches can return to worship he made a video and said we're back because he viewed president trump as the authority right and then the ninth circuit court like the next day was like no this no. isn't going to be a thing and then they retreated from that and like okay no it's not a thing they went back and, again yeah and now i would say seemingly out of nowhere but i think newsom's most recent order precipitated this um and now they're coming out hard mm. And it's like government stay in your lane. And did you, did you notice that it's actually a petition, or yeah, it's not a petition? Asking, it's something you can sign. They're asking for signatures. That's uh, weird. Yeah, it is kind of odd. Um, so I'm. It just, reminded me of that social justice one that that you were super excited about last year, a couple <laughs> years ago. You were all into that. Yeah, the one that the one that Al Mohler like refused to sign, and then Phil Johnson called him out on it in a public Q and A. Yeah, one dude, you love that one. Yeah, I loved it. It was fantastic. I, I, you know what? I just love petitions. I love signing things. Let's just be honest. It's one of my favorite things to do. Dude, just when you buy a house, stuff. you're gonna you're gonna fulfill your dream. You have to sign like eighty thousand different things. But See, that's, that's you were so into that, right? Yeah, I was so into it. Yeah. So. What what what's what was your initial thought when you saw the article? I don't want to drag this uh, out too long, but yeah, sure. So I think I've got a couple a couple thoughts. My my first initial was like, oh yeah, <laughs> fight, 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 <laughs> fight, fight. Oh, I love seeing a good brawl. Um, and then after the initial, like, oh man, this is nuts. I started thinking, like, okay, are they going to backtrack from this too? You know, or is there going to be something else that happens that then, because here's the thing, if they're going to take this stance, the stance that they're taking and asking other people to take it with them, um, 
you know, whether or not I agree with it or not, there will be legal, re uh, legal repercussions. There, there could be. Yeah, there, there could be, there could be. So, I mean, it's like, like if my, my mind as, as perhaps morbid as this is like, I'm picturing like MacArthur, like getting arrested on a Sunday morning because he's opening the church and then, but then if that happened though, I feel like I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> like MacArthur, man, going toe to toe with the man and coming out strong, but dude. And in handcuffs. And in handcuffs, but still strong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't even know if my thoughts have been fully formed on this yet. Mm -hmm. They are amorphous. I would say I have kind of like three, three thoughts that, are tumbling around somewhere in my head. All right. The first is I agreed with the content of the article. Sure. I agree with yeah. his view of government, uh, this, this most current view, uh, where there are spheres of authority, family, church, government. And when one tries to coerce the other or oversteps into the other, that they have abandoned their authority. So content-wise, I agree with it. Um, the other thought that I had was I, I I'll, I'll be honest I was a little annoyed because I was like well this is not what you've been saying yeah like it seems like there's been a shift but then quickly the uh, a following thought was I should rejoice when someone does change their mind and, and I believe it to be more in accordance with truth sure so rather than be annoyed with it and be like oh like what were you saying a month ago like Right. I need to give grace to people that they're changing just as I hope I change for the better. Right. Um, and so I, I know that he's going to get like, is clap back a proper term? Yes. Is there in any this, connotations that I should be back. aware of? Uh, no, you're fine. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. going to get some of that. Yes. For this shift. But yeah. part of me was like, you know what? I'm glad he holds this position and it's yeah. because I think it's the right one. Uh, and yes. So. Yeah. No, no. I think, I think I agree with you. I think I do. And, and the only thing that I want to know is, is I don't, I don't know the, I don't have the knowledge of what the law actually is in California when it says suspended. I don't know what that means. It, it, it looks um, like Newsom has said like nothing like, like nothing you are and, and it's indefinite. There's no end in sight. Okay. Yeah. So if that, if that, if that is the case, like, you know, I'm trying to put it in our scenario here. If that happened, it's up different in Washington, than Washington. It is different than Washington, but if Inslee were to do that, um, yeah, I, I would think, say something very similar. I think, I think we, and I think we would be right to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say, I'd say uh, good for you, Johnny Mac. Let's see what happens. Third thought. Wait, you already had. Three. Well, like, no, like one had a two part to it, you, but you didn't. The other thought was, okay. He came out strong on churches who would be on the other side of the fence. And my only, the only kind of response I had to that was like, Ooh, be careful. Cause Until you were on like that side of the yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You were that church. So you were, you were just there. So, you, you just left that town. Yeah. <laughs> like don't start crapping on it yet. Yeah. That's, that was legit. My thought was <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, you can believe it. Yeah. But I think if you were in that case, and you wanted to come out that strong, it would be appropriate to say, hey, and I get that that was me very recently. 
Yeah. Well, dude, I would look for something there, but he came out strong on Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac does not go half-hearted on anything. He is full steam ahead on everything, and most of the time, it's usually pretty good. Um, It's just yeah. Sometimes it's he doesn't half bun anything. Half, half. Oh my goodness! Did you really just say that? Half bun. Okay. All right. You were. You just brought this. Like we we are a homeschool podcast now. Thank you. (laughs) You just did that. Did that make Let's, your day? That no, it, that made nothing. That might not even make the podcast. That's so bad. <laughs> you do have you do have editorial license. Yeah, I do. Whatever. But All speaking right. of half bunning things, discipleship. Dang it! Now I got to do it twice. Discipleship. <laughs> yes, we're talking about discipleship. So we're continuing our series in what to look for when you're church shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yes, uh, last, last week, pull it together, Daniel. Come on, buddy. We're professionals here. We're getting paid. We're getting paid to do this. That makes us professionals now. Um, we're getting last paid? Week, yeah, patrons, dude. Yeah, but we don't pay see Pay attention to anything I say. Uh, that just covers. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, um, last week we covered man fishing uh, or evangelism um, and talked about the importance of evangelism in the church, the importance of churches engaging in, 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 in evangelism. And this week, talking about the importance of discipleship in the local church and why that should be something that you look for when you are trying to decide whether or not to go to a particular church. How would you define discipleship? How would I define discipleship? I think yeah. uh, the spurring one another on toward righteousness. But mm-hmm. I do think it it encompasses a more personal um a more personal relationship that has longevity. So so the goal of discipleship is Christ likeness, right? Yes, right. So the process of it would be engaging in activity uh, instruction that helps uh, discourage that which is not like the Savior and encourage or build up what is like him. Um, I think when a lot of people hear the term discipleship, they think of a very like formalized, there needs to be a curriculum. Well, it's because I think, yeah, I think most churches, and this might have been something that was more in the, uh, I don't know, the the 80s or 90s kind of a thing. But yeah, you would have, discipleship would be a program, is what it would be. Like a track you run through. Right, right. So there would be, there would be disciplers, right, whose job it was to, you know, grab the the young men or the or or the young women in the church and say okay you are now in a discipleship relationship with me and we're going to go through uh this many books or this many books of the bible and then you basically graduate from it right yeah. so so discipleship was was a a church program and in a lot of churches it still is so let's let's get rid of some of the myths do you think that that's the only form of discipleship yeah it's all i know <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's okay. Not. Yeah, I think I think that, that that's I think that is way too narrow of a of a definition. It, it can be a way. Yeah. That mm-hmm. part of discipleship can happen, but it's not the only way. If you're going to be a discipleur, discipleur, do you have to know all your junk? 
Like, do you have to have everything figured out? No, you don't. I think a lot of people are terrified to disciple because they think that, well, then isn't that arrogant for me to say to someone, hey, walk with me as I walk after Christ? I'm like, no. Yeah, well, I, I mean, think maybe that, it could yeah. be. Maybe there's an aspect where it could be, but I mean, it depends on your motive. Like, if you if you're saying that because you let think, me kick you some knowledge. Yeah, boy. I think <laughs> right. If you think if you're saying that because you think you're all that and a bag of chips, and think that you know you just need to disperse all of the wisdom that God has given you in your 28 years of life to the masses, then yeah, there might be a problem there, right? Put out your baskets, boys. Man yeah. is about to fall from heaven. <laughs> Oh, uh, so dude, offshoot question. When you were in Sunday school and church and they taught about manna, did they give you frosted flakes? Or was that just or was that just you my know my upbringing? you know what my my initial answer to that is no. And then as soon as like dude, think about it. Dry frosted flakes in a bowl. You know what? Talking yes. about manna. Dude. Yes. I yes. believe so. Yes. What? Dude, you've like surfaced a repressed memory <laughs> that probably took me years to shove down. I am that darkness. good of a counselor. No. <laughs> you drew it out of me. Dude, I'm yes. I'm getting discipled frosted, right now. Frosted Flakes Mana, dude. I remember that. Anyway, sorry. That was a super random offshoot. That just, you said mana. And every single time, even when I read about mana in the Bible now, the very first flakes? thing comes dude. is Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, not a sponsor. If I had to eat frosted flakes for 40 years, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, I'd have diabetes, but <laughs> you'd you'd want the equi- the occasional quail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, frosted. So anyway. you don't have to know everything to be a discipler. No, you don't have to have a curriculum. Now it's good to have a direction or some goals. Yeah, but um, I, I think those are two myths that, that we need to get rid of, like off the off the bat. Right. Um, every so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there. See if you take it or leave it. Buy or sell. Oh boy. Every Christian should be, in some form or fashion, discipling or being discipled. Yeah, I would say preferably both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're just a brand new believer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yes. Unless, it, but but here's the thing: even the brand new believer is called to point others toward Christ. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so it it might look different. It might not be as advanced sure. uh, or as in depth as, you know, a believer who's who's in a, you know, who's who's been one for, you know, 10 20 years. But even the new believer is called to point or disciple lead people yeah. toward the person of Christ, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the 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 kind of the root understanding behind the word in the New Testament for disciple is a learner. Right. So unless you want to argue that you have nothing to learn, which I guess you're a hyper Calvinist, maybe you (laughs) probably won't go there, but um, we should all be learning. Yes. And if we've learned anything, yeah, we should probably try to pass that on to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, I want to kind of demystify discipleship uh, away from being this like really rigid, robust, and it's almost like counseling where it's like you only need it if there's something really wrong with you. Right. No, that's that's not the view right. at all. You're either going through some sort of like 
Like, your marriage is like, on the cusp like, of like, like yeah, you're either going through the love dare or like Ramsey's like money management, like one of the two. <laughs> I'd way rather go through Ramsey's. At yeah, least I have some more skrill at the end of the, the day. Love dare. <laughs> I'd love to get through it and actually have some extra money than being out 18 bucks in a weird movie. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh I'm man. That's I had to stop listening to Ramsey, uh Ramsey's. Why? Uh on, uh, he was always playing on the radio in the truck when I worked construction. Okay. And I would have anxiety attacks because people would call in and his initial interview, he's yeah. like, so how much credit card debt? And they're like $80,000. He's like on credit cards. And I would instantly like start like, <sighs> <laughs> I had so, to turn him so off. Much money. I couldn't do it. I was like, bro, <laughs> there's no hope. <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude, burn it. Bankruptcy. Dude. Just, just, just declare it. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it, man. Oh, that's funny. There's that's some funny. people in some rough spots, but so, yeah. So um, we back to we the topic. Take, yes, let's get back. We are we are rabbit trailing today, dude. That's all right. Um, yeah, we want to take away like this this like <laughs> mystery around discipleship that it's not mm-hmm. this big official. Uh, grandiose thing that only the most learned uh, can do. And you have to be, uh, you know, it has to be part of a church curriculum or church program. That's you, you can do those things, but that's not what defines Mm -hmm. good discipleship. Yeah. What would you say is kind of at the heart of a good discipleship? I, I, I don't want, I don't want to add another word to it because as soon as I do, I think I give away my answer at least. Well, you've already like, yeah, you're already trying to redefine evangelism. So you might as well at this point. We have man fishing, and what would you call discipleship, Daniel? Well, I was going to say discipleship relationship, but that gives away my answer as to what I think is at the heart of a good. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think that I think that is the ultimate answer, though. Is yeah. is you're not going to you're not going to have an effective relation uh, an effective discipleship. Um. Yeah, there's no other word other than relationship. Relationship yeah. without having a relationship with the person. They need to mm-hmm. know that you care and that you actually have a desire to see them look more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And it takes time and it takes effort. It's not just this official, okay, we're sitting across from each other. Tell me what you learned from the chapter of whatever it is you're reading. Yeah. And then, all right, we'll meet next week. Sure. It's, it's so it much could more be than that. that. I, I mean, I think it needs to be more than that. Not, yeah. not that that can't be part of it. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's really good to have to have a structure and to be going sure. through something. But I think it, I think there needs to be more aspect to that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been uh, discipled by someone who didn't know that they were discipling you? Oh, that's weird. Um, have I ever been discipled by someone who didn't know they were discipling me? Like yeah. I thought they were discipling me, but like, I didn't let them in on it. <laughs> no, no, they were discipling you, but they didn't know. Maybe that's an odd question. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I can think of, I can think of people that the Lord has used greatly in my life. That, yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm driving that, at. That was not you know, it wasn't done in, in an official discipleship relationship, but sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's tons of people that the Lord has used in my life to shape me and mold me and, you know, send me more towards the image of Christ, even though that wasn't 
a very official thing. Did did one of them use a green chalkboard? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. you you're dirty. You're dirty. <laughs> Why would you bring that? Oh, that hurts so bad. Yeah. Back to Sproul, baby. Sproul, Papa Sproul. Yeah, man. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, when you open it up to that, I think there's a lot of people yeah. <laughs> that the Lord has used in one way or another mm-hmm. to increase my love for him and my knowledge of who he is. Yeah, I, I would call that relationship like that that affection that you have for RC or or J Money or Steve Lawson or Modi Bakum or I, I don't know the other guys you really love and look up to J, J Joe Thorne whoever it is sure um, <laughs> mainly Papa Sproul let's be honest yeah, yeah. but um he yeah, I, I would say there are elements of discipleship there even though. Yeah. There wasn't that like heavy relational aspect because you didn't go to his church. Right. Um, there was still, you were, you learned a lot from him. There's also probably, at least there, there were in my case, um, older dudes in our church and uh, that, that my family was friends with mm. that I learned so much from. But if you were to ask them like, hey, are you discipling Daniel? They'd be like, no. Right. You know, but just like we had a relationship, yeah. I knew them, I watched them, I lived life with them. Yeah. And I feel like I am more like Christ. And there's like a, there's like a tribe of older Christian godly dudes that made me a lot more like Christ than I yeah. would have been if I hadn't known them. Um, so what I'm trying to show is like there's, it, it, discipleship can be, far more, here's a trendy word, like organic than these strict structures that we kind of only think of. Sure. Um, and I think we, I think those are, I think it's good. I, I think that that should be um, everyone's experiences that they have multiple people in their life that they look up to, that they learn from. And hopefully as you grow in Christ, there are multiple people in your life that look up to you, learn from you, and again, not in a weird, like lording it over them kind of way, right, but right. just in natural Christian relationships, stirring up one another to be more like Christ. And, and that's why I think you and I both are pretty, pretty solidly sold on the um, heavy relational side of things and not so much, um, we're not against programs. I'm, I would, I would sure. say I'm against program onlyism. Yeah, and and I'm against programs for the sake of programs. Like like honestly, yeah. like I think I think there is a I think there is a culture in church today that feels as if we need to if we're going to be effective in wooing people into our doors, we need to have activities and programs for things for people to do. Right? Yeah. Um and that's honestly I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a big programs guy. I've never really been a program guy. I'm not against them. I think some of them can be effective, but I always want to ask like, what's, what's the goal of the program and how are we actually deepening people's relationships with each other and people's love for Christ Mm -hmm. through this program. And if we can do it without the program, let's do it without the program. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. And, and it's just when, when church becomes a, a scheduled 
list of events. Yeah. Instead of a coming together of a family that cares for one another and is involved uh, like intimately with each other's lives. Like they know what's going on. They know the issues that are there. They know the sure. hurts and they know the pains and they know the joys and the things mm-hmm. that, that are, ha- that, that bring that, uh, that make people happy. And they, you know, they, like that's, that's what I'm talking about is that that closeness that comes only from Christ, only from being united in the gospel, mm-hmm. that is going to be so much more effective in discipleship than any program could ever dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's what Christ did like with his disciples. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he was like, all right, guys, did you, did you get to the answers from last week? Like, <laughs> let's run through this. Right. Today I'm meeting with John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> met with two disciples a, a week. Yeah. And, and there were, there were times where he would sit them down and instruct. Yeah. But yeah, sure. most of their discipleship was living with him. Right. Following him, watching him, learning from the way that he um, acted and interacted with, with folks. Um, I think if so in discipleship, relationships are key. Uh, programs only if they can help serve those ends. Um, I think another aspect that is super undervalued right now in our current, um, like, I don't know, season of church, whatever, is um, you need to have a diversity of ages in your church. Yeah. Um, A lot of churches are super... Every, everyone's in the same life stage. So if, if it's like an older traditional church, like everyone's gray and yep. there's no like zeal up in that place. Sure. Sure. Or there's um, young churches where everyone's like 25 to 31 or 31 right. to 43, you know, whatever it is, everyone's in the same life stage and they're just kind of pooling their strengths and their weaknesses. And they're just not, not doing that. I think, I think it's important for, a church to have, if she's able, like obviously there might be situations where you're not able for some reason, but to have a span of age range. Yeah. I think it's hugely important because I think, and you mentioned it a little earlier. I think you need the combination of the youthful zeal and the youthful drive and the energy uh, that is at the same time tempered by the years of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, cause I, I think of, you know, I think back when, I mean, not that I'm old, but back when I was younger and especially first coming into really coming into my own in regards to believing in reformed theology, Calvinism and things like that. Um, I remember how much zeal <laughs> there was <laughs> and how much energy there was, um, how much rage there was. How much rage there was. <laughs> uh, and you need people in your life who have walked that road. Yeah. Understand it. And aren't just going to smack you down and say, shut up. Although that, 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 occasionally, that, that occasionally needs to happen. Let's be honest. Um, but we'll walk with you and be like, hey, I remember this. I know exactly how this feels. And being on this side of it this is what you got to look out for. And this is Mm -hmm. how you get over it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that only comes with age, which is why I'm so, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but so disheartened when I see, for example, people online or pastors 
um, or ministry leaders or just, just regular individuals who are young in the faith mm-hmm. or young in the ministry and set themselves up as one to teach mm-hmm. <laughs> or one to lead uh, others in pastoral ministry or counseling or whatever it is. Uh, that's very discouraging to me sure. um, because, you know, for lack of a better term, you haven't earned those stripes yet. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. y- you aren't, you aren't to that level. Like we're still privates and sergeants and corporals in this army. Yeah. Like we haven't been promoted to that mm-hmm. yet. And you need to, you need to pay your dues for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. And it's not, it's not that young people have no wisdom. That's not what I'm saying. I, you know, we, no. we're told by Paul, don't let people despise you because you're young. Not saying that young people cannot be effective or wise. God can do mm-hmm. that for sure. It's just often that knowledge and that uh, zeal that they have lacks the wisdom of years yeah. that the older generation will bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so. I, I don't know how many of our listeners are unfamiliar with our church, but um, I'm the very minister, with our church. <laughs> what's that? I'm very unfamiliar with our church. <laughs> tell me, tell me about it. Uh, so the the minister that I. I, I don't want to say like replace, but he retired from full-time ministry and I came in. You took up the guard. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still one of our elders. Yeah. And he's been at the church since 1976 and he's been in ministry since way before that. So he has, uh, I've been at our church for over five years now. He's been in the ministry for over 50. Slightly more. To those who are math majors. Yeah, that's 45 years. It would be 10 times what I've been in ministry for. So you're discipling him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kicking (laughs) him some knowledge. Yeah, kicking him some knowledge. Oh, my goodness. Sit down. Yeah. Uh, No, no, no. It's it's far more that me and my other uh, elder, um, who is – he doesn't listen to our podcast, but – uh, he's 10 years my senior. He don't super care. Super old. Um, he and I both look up to, uh, to Bruce, the other elder, because he has, you know, five plus decades of pastoral ministry experience. And this is not his first rodeo. Yeah. No. Um, he, he's, uh, he has, he has seen and weathered before. most things. Yeah. 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 Most of the issues that a pastor will face in his, uh, time in the ministry, uh, he he has seen, yeah, and he's weathered, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's seen how to do it wrong, <laughs> yeah, and he's seen how to do it right, <laughs> right, and um, there's That's, there's yeah. a tremendous amount of discipleship that has taken place there. I would say very informally between he and I, where just it's not like he right. you know sits down and opens a book and we do, but like we <laughs> elder together. And I look up to him as an older brother or a father uh, in the faith kind of figure and learn a lot from him. Well, and, you know, and that that is the example of, I think, what we're talking about, that if you are in a church where you have that type of uh, culture, right, going for another mm-hmm. trendy term, Ooh. where 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 there there is a great emphasis put on gospel centered relationships discipleship is going to naturally be the outflow of that. Mm-hmm. If people genuinely care for, care about each other, 
they are going to naturally have a desire to be involved in each other's lives and naturally have a desire to give one another the gospel and get and 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 show that they care about mm. the gospel show that they care about this person's well-being and their desire to to spur them on toward the image of Christ that's going to be a natural outflow of a church that cares about each other mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's i i can remember even just a lot of folks would look at the situation that i came into where you know the pastor of 40 years is staying on as an elder and they would say that's you know pretty foolish and my my thought was like yeah if it's the wrong guy that's pretty foolish but on the other hand saying goodbye to 50 years of experience yeah who's the fool yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) it's like it's like here i i (laughs) you just bought this new car do you want you want the owner's manual nah nah i'll figure it out i'll figure it out i'll figure out of course that's a horrible example because i've never once read you would never car manual who has who has honestly bought a new car and opened up the glove compartment and been like hey all right let's pull the manual out and figure out how to work this puppy (laughs) yeah I mean, and, and the guy you know that what I was trying about, to say. The guy that we're talking about is one of the most humble, godly uh, dudes uh, I've ever met, and um, he's a pleasure to serve alongside. But that, I think that that just kind of grabs the essence of what discipleship can be and should be. And so, I guess what we're both trying to encourage would be um, be at a church where discipleship is not just encouraged but like sought out and um that that's kind of the way of life but if you're at a, a very program driven church uh that's gonna be rough it's gonna be difficult i'm not saying it yeah. can't happen i'm just gonna say it can be tough sure and and you know if if you're coming from a church that perhaps doesn't have this as part of just the culture of the church there um fair warning it can be abrasive sometimes and it can be sometimes uncomfortable when it's your first sunday there and you have a bunch of people coming up to you and asking hey you know what's your phone number let's get together can we do you need anything you know and for some people that's like oh my goodness what cult did i just walk into (laughs) it might be it might be We're not saying it's very not. Much, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't just throw away all of your mental uh, faculties at the door. Don't just check out. You, you might be in a cult, but it no. says there. It says they are the Latter Day Saints. How bad yeah. could it be? <laughs> oh goodness! But really no, into brick buildings. There are yeah, no windows. Um, there are there are times where that will be uncomfortable, and sure. that will be something where it's like, wow, I'm not used to this level of clinginess, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. But here's the thing. I have been in, on the receiving end of both those, both churches where it's cold and mm. you're there for weeks and nobody talks to you and you're there for, you know, a year or more and nobody invites you over and nobody like the only interaction you have with people is on Sunday morning and that's it. Yeah. Versus the opposite of that where the vast majority of interaction you have with your church family is not in church. Church Sunday is like icing, icing on the, it's icing on the cake, but I'm involved with these people's lives and they're involved in my life and they care. That is done so much more, so much more good for my spiritual health Mm -hmm. and my desire to be more like Jesus and loving people than 
than the alternative. Yeah. It's so much better for you. So look Absolutely. for a church that does that. Look for a church that maybe maybe looks a little clingy, maybe looks a little uh, a little outgoing, and step out, and you know see what happens. I dig it. Well, if you like the content that you just no heard, no no see see it's okay it's no, no 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 this is this is something we gotta talk about. I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah. This is real talk time. Yeah. You you do the intro. Uh-huh. But then sometimes you'll steal the outro from me. Yeah. You you aren't allowed to do that. 9 times out of 10 is just to aggravate you. I see and that's why we need to talk about this here <laughs> because I need <laughs> like I need the accountability of our listeners. Yeah. Cuz I know if I just say something to you like on Marco Polo or something like yeah. that, ain't nothing getting done. All right. All right, let all me right. try it again. Let me try it again. Okay. So if you like the content that you just heard that's good because it was biblical. Yeah. But secondly, if you'd like to be more involved in this podcast, jo- Josh, how would someone do that? See, now that's not bad. That's okay. not bad. I mean, I mean, it's a very obvious, <laughs> like it's a very obvious serve up, but I'll take it. I'll take it for this one. But, you know, we got to work on it a little bit, make it more al natural. That's not the right word, is it? Nope. <laughs> Why don't you just do the outro? Stay on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Reformatory Pod. And you can reach us on Patreon if you want to give us money because we, oh, we need it real bad. Real bad. Thanks for everyone that listens, that's still listening at this point. I'm going to leave. We'll catch you next week on the Reformatory. Out. <laughs> Bye. El Natural? <laughs> Not the right word. <laughs>